listening to Living in Alignment podcast, the show that brings you deep and conscious conversations to live and grow in rhythm to your natural state. I'm your host, Rada Khalifi. Most people know what yoga is, and if asked, uh, might say that it is a stretchy physical movement of the body that tones and strengthens muscles and keeps us fit. This understanding can be 100% accurate, but there's something important missing from that perspective. I have discovered for myself at the very heart of yoga is self-care. I stay with yoga because there's a whole self that I discover and learn more about myself, my body, my breath, and especially my emotional landscape. In today's episode, we are going to learn from our guest, Emily Goodwin, about the art of self-care through yoga and redefine the benefits of yoga practice for self-exploration, alignment, and self-care. Emily is a holistic occupational therapist, Reiki master, and experienced yoga instructor. Thank you for being here. Grab a glass of water, and I'll be right back with Emily. Emily, welcome to our show. I'm happy to have you with us today. Uh, Emily, can you remember your first yoga session? How did you make that decision? Thank you so much for having me. Um, I definitely remember my first yoga session um, exactly like it was yesterday. Actually, I, I just stumbled upon it after having a dance-related injury, and my ballet instructor also taught yoga. And he told me about this studio that was about five minutes away from campus, And so I walked into this really late night yoga class. I want to say it started at like 8 p.m. And I was just nervous. I didn't know what to do. I thought it was going to be just breathing and I was going to be bored the whole time. Um, It ended up being one of the most transformational experiences of my life. It was the time of my life where I was always going, going, going. I was pushing myself. And during this class, I had that permission to stop and to be still and to really approach my, my inner self. And at the end of class, I remember looking up at the ceiling and I had this experience of pure inner bliss. It was like the feeling that after a rainstorm, when it's just still and peaceful and quiet, and I felt that inside and it was so transformational for me. And that was it, that's all I needed, I was hooked. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear you. So like, why would someone, somebody consider trying yoga at all? Um, I, see, I see the benefits of yoga. Like for somebody who is just, you know, like sh- maybe doubting the practice. Absolutely. I get this question all the time and it's interesting. I say if you're even questioning going, you probably should go. And there are so many benefits to yoga. I have worked with people across the spectrum who are competitive athletes who need yoga for helping them recover. Um, I work with people who are currently pregnant and wanting to have a successful birth experience. And that's another venue. Mm -hmm. But honestly, yoga just helps to create this feeling of wholeness in yourself. So if you feel disconnected, if you feel um, out of balance, you know, we're always out of balance, but if you feel there's a tremendous shift that needs to happen, I would say that's an inner call to explore yoga and see. Um, And I always tell people there are so many different styles of yoga that if you find yourself going to a class and you really don't enjoy it, then 
check around and see a different style. There's just, there's so many different, um, especially now with everything Mm -hmm. being virtual at this moment, that you have the opportunity to literally jump around more than ever before. So really, if you're exploring it now, it's the perfect time to explore. Yeah, and and as you said, like uh, there's there's a um, you explore this there's wholeness around yoga, and I know it's not just like a buzzword or like the next big trend in well-being. And I know some people probably um, practice yoga for that purpose. And I also read on your post that you don't need really a yoga buddy to do yoga. I hear this a lot from people around me. Like they have this myth that you have to be certain body to do yoga. Can you explain to us like really the different types of yoga? You just mentioned that before that you teach and, and practice and also, um, you know, help others understand more about uh, the different practices. Yes, I feel that there is a disconnect right now that people see the yoga body as this ideal that you have to have before you even do yoga. And I, as an occupational therapist, I'm so passionate about accessibility. And accessibility can mean either mobility restrictions, it can mean self-perception, self-esteem limitations, mm-hmm. um, such as body dysmorphia. Mm-hmm. And especially right now with my current, um, my current season of life with the prenatal uh, mamas that I work with, they have a whole new restriction, a literal bump in front of them, keeping them from doing what they used to do. And so I really have found it to be my passion to help people see that they do not need to have a certain type of body in order to explore yoga. And one of my favorite ways to do this is to introduce the use of props. So doing yoga, either sitting on a chair, on a sofa, you can do yoga in bed, you can do yoga with a couch cushion behind you so that your body's reclined up a little bit more comfortably. There's countless ways to adapt yoga. And to really put it in perspective, we only, we have the body that we have. We are a spiritual being in this physical existence. And so I love to help people see the benefits of yoga in exploring what their body can do for them. And it's really amazing to me to see people who have never tried yoga and they're able to get into these poses that they never thought they'd be able to. It's, it's what makes me feel complete. I love that. I love that too as well, like really to be have to to see yoga in a new uh, way of, of like a new perspective, such as sitting on a chair, on a bed, on a bed, like there's a room for flexibility and adaptability to your, to your needs and where you are actually. And, and, you know, it made me think, Emily, of yoga practice, like ancient, like ancient history of uh, yoga and where did it come from? I believe it, it, it was kind of like a, uh, like a prayer, a ritual somehow. Yes. Could you elaborate on that more? I can. I absolutely would recommend to um, looking up the the history of yoga. Um, it's so complicated. I'm not going to do it justice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But essentially, yes, it was very much a secretive practice performed by, I want to say monks, um, religious people in India. And it was essentially kept from the public for, I would say, until the 1800s is when it started to kind of c- 
creep out of the shadows, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then in the early 1900s, it really started to come to the United States through a few gurus who helped to shift this movement, make it accessible for the public. Because yoga had this very interesting strict regimen where I would say up to four hours a day in order to practice yoga, that was the minimum you had to do. So mm. that's not accessible for the American lifestyle at all, unless you're getting up at three in the morning to do four hours of yoga. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it definitely has gone through a tremendous evolution. And even in the last hundred years, just, I think um, we're really in the golden age of yoga. Yeah. And I, uh, you know, I know it's the, the impact of it, like you just mentioned now, like the impact is not just physical, it's mental, it's spiritual. And also it's served different, um, uh, different needs, such as like body positivity. I know you talk about that a lot, or body neutrality, energy alignment, uh, prenatal, postnatal. Can you give us more example how, um, you know, like the impact of yoga practice? Yes, absolutely. So yoga means to yoke together or to join. And I consider that to be true for so many different reasons. And one of the most reasons, most of the most, one of the most important reasons for that is in how to discover one's energy source and how to create that source and how to regenerate that source within us so that we can use it in different ways. So for example, when I am in a pose and my arm is kind of cramped down by my side, and then I feel this freedom in my shoulder release and I feel my arm moving up and then maybe my hand comes up and all of a sudden I have this beautiful ray of energy from my shoulder all the way to my fingertips. And I can feel that energy actually coming out my fingertips, just like a very strong ray of sun. And feeling this energy moving throughout my body, I have this internal sense of fire. And with that fire, I also have that sense of water. It's kind of playing with the elements. So it's very flowy movement within. And then helping the mind to find that union as well. So you'll also hear in yoga, there are the terms yin and yang mm. or yin and yang. Mm -hmm. And it's that kind of uh, aggressive fast forward moving energy is the yang or yang and the very flowy earthy movement slower that's the yin and i also think about that as being the yoke that we try to so yoke is to bring together to join and so we're trying to create this balance between the two and by doing yoga we create this balance and so there are different styles of yoga. So for example, if you are leading a very hectic lifestyle, if you're a caregiver or a parent and you are always on the move and you want to do yoga in order to help you feel that inner alignment, balance of energy, then that's where I say do the yoga that is the exact opposite of your energy style of life. Mm. So if you're very young, then go to a yin practice. Try out a actual, it's called yin yoga. Mm -hmm. um, try restorative. Try yoga nidra, which is called the yogic sleep, mm -hmm. and see how that feels for you. And then the opposite too. If you're feeling like you're recovering from an episode in your life where you can't seem to be moving ahead, you're stuck, then try a yang class. Try a vinyasa class. Try an ashtanga class. Try a hot yoga class. And so you can kind of see that by analyzing your own current style of living and how you're feeling, you can do the opposite and see. Um, and even the day can change. So one day you feel one way, try a different style. 
Yeah, I love that. Thank you for guiding us through this. Um, and I know this is just what you said now, that you don't have to, your yoga practice doesn't have to be the same every day. It, it has to be like, as you said, like aligned with your flow of energy and what you need exactly today or this week. Uh, so this is like, I, I'm sure this is extremely helpful for people who want to choose like their preferred or valuable style to, um, we can say that like audit their energy and see what they need today to move or to slow down. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. So this is like a coaching question from me. Like uh, it's a typical coaching question which says like, what does really yoga give you and what does it take away from you? What does it release from you? I love this question. I think a lot of times we think about yoga just giving us things or something giving us things and we don't think about what it takes away from us. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with the taking away first. I think okay. when I go into a yoga class and I'm speaking from personal experience, I come into it with a bunch of layers around me, layers, maybe roles, things that I have adapted throughout the day, stories I've told myself, mind chatter, maybe you've heard monkey mind. Mm-hmm. And I start to let those go. I allow those to leave my presence if I don't feel that they serve me. And so by the end of my yoga practice, I'm left with myself in the, I think the most important pose of class, which is Shavasana, the final relaxation pose where you're lying on the ground. The role of Shavasana is to let the dust settle, to let everything integrate. And by doing that, I am allowing myself to find that inner bliss, to find that moment that I found at the end of my first yoga class. So that is what yoga takes away from me. It really Mm -hmm. takes away what does not serve me. And a lot of times um, people ask me, how do I know what doesn't serve me? Mm -hmm. And I'll say, you don't need to know. You don't need to know that. You can just proclaim it at the beginning of your class to yourself. I release what doesn't serve me with this class. And it can be a transformational process. It is just like somebody who is making a fine piece of silver. They don't make silver by doing a very delicate process. If you've ever seen a silversmith, this is a very weird tangent, but I think it's a beautiful um, image. Mm -hmm. A silversmith pounds the silver like crazy, puts it in the fire. It is very, very transformational in an aggressive way. So in poses, as you're asking for things to be released, you may find yourself, and I have found myself plenty of times, crying for no reason, releasing energy, getting upset, Mm -hmm. feeling these emotions surface. And allowing those to release, allowing those to go, and really sitting with those emotions. It can be really interesting to see what comes up. Um, And that's why as an occupational Mm -hmm. therapist, I love to use it within the therapeutic setting as well so that we can process those emotions afterwards and see. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as what yoga gives me, it really gives me that chance to find my true self and to align with my fullest potential So if I am feeling upset a certain day, if I'm feeling bogged down by my duties as a parent, and I do a yoga practice that's maybe 20 minutes, then yoga is giving me that time to myself to fill my cup up and to really rejuvenate my energy stores. And there has rarely been a time that I have done a quick yoga session where I have literally snuck away and hid from my daughter because bless her heart. She is with me 24 (laughs) seven right now. Um, There has literally like never been a time that I regret that um, Mm -hmm. because it is 
really showing her how to help herself. And even now we will do yoga together and there are tremendous resources for kids right now. Um, so it's really important. I tell this to all of my caregivers, all my parents to take that time to not feel guilty about filling your cup because what yoga gives you is absolutely beneficial for the rest of the day, if not week. Yeah. Such an important point you also mentioned now that, you know, like it's something also you can bring to your family by modeling it, by giving, by giving yourself the permission to do it and helping your kids to, to follow the lead. Absolutely. Definitely. It's interesting when you look at kids, they're just little sponges and they want to see what you do. They like to see your reaction as a parent to things and if you're able to teach them a skill, such as how to calm themselves down if they're upset, uh, how to increase their energy if they're feeling tired, then what a big gift, what a tremendous gift to give them. Uh, my daughter has definitely had her share of emotional outbursts. And even now, she will, she's going to be four next week. And she'll say, okay, I need to take a deep breath. And she'll sit down in easy pose and take a deep breath. And it's just wonderful to me to see that I have been able to transfer this to her. And of course, it's her own path. She's going to decide to go down that road or not down that road. And that's up to her. Mm -hmm. But what I can do is help her along and just show her what helps me, what, what helps me feel better. And I love seeing that reflected in her. Absolutely. I love that. Our responsibility is just to do our work, to give ourselves permission as mom to do what's best for us and allow the space for our kids to receive it when they are ready to receive it. Does that make sense? Mm, that's beautiful. I love that. Yeah. So um, I know we went on another <laughs> uh, path here, but coming back to yoga and coming back to your professional experience with women and especially moms, what are the, in your opinion, what are the common struggles that you see moms go through? And how do you integrate your collective experience of occupational therapy, yoga, and coaching to really help them manifest the life or goals they want? I see most of the time that the moms I work with have, have a feeling that they can't get away, that they are tied down to their duties, their roles, their responsibilities, what have you. And even the moms who don't have kids at home who are newly pregnant, um, that they just have this, this overwhelming sense of responsibility for life, that they're carrying the world on their shoulders. And if you, if you, if, when you're listening here, if you feel this way, just know that you're very much not alone. This is very normal. Mm. And I love how the yoga classes, especially prenatal, that it allows them the chance to pause, the chance to have that, I, I say cup refilling because it's what we need. We need to refill our cup of energy that you can imagine your body is like a large pitcher of water. And by the end of the day, when you come into the yoga class, your energy is all the way down to your ankles. There's nothing left. You're, the energy is what's helping you mm -hmm. walk into class. Um, and then by the end, that's all the way up to maybe your belly, maybe all the way up to your collarbones. Maybe you feel it all the way up to the top of your head. And having that chance to refill what was you thought lost, that is the most beautiful experience. 
And also it's giving mamas the sense of balance that they are able to connect what they feel has been disconnected. And that's really broad because mm -hmm. it means so much for so many different people. But I, right, right now we're in the middle of a pandemic. This is one of the most extreme transformational experiences for the entire planet. I mean, have we ever seen a time like this? And this is when yoga is needed more than ever. And it's never been more accessible. So it's right now you can, you can get on your computer and the privacy of your own home, you can even turn off your video, watch the instructor on your computer, sneak away to a closet, sneak away to a little area of your, of your house that, that you know you will not be disturbed or you will be disturbed minimally and have that chance to yourself. So we've eliminated tr drive time, transportation time. We've been able to bring this new level of privacy. So I tell my mamas, if you're self-conscious, this is the perfect time to try yoga because mm -hmm. it's like you're in this private bubble. Nobody else can see you. Sometimes a lot of time when you're in classes, that's kind of a deterrent. Some people don't like to, if they're pregnant, they, they don't like to have their bodies on full display because for the rest of the day, that's people are always looking at them and they kind of want that time to just not be the role of the mm -hmm. pregnant mama. They yeah. want it to just be themselves. That's so an important, is, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but this is such an important point. And I hear it from my clients that when they haven't tried it before, they feel like very conscious about their body. And this time it gives them the space, as you said, it's very important to be, you know, with themselves and just have that privacy to start something new for themselves. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And we aren't really given that permission very much unless you come from a unique situation, in which case that's tremendous. And I applaud your upbringing. But I think we are very much taught to self-sacrifice and to go, 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 mm. completely um, deplete mm. all of your energy, right? Even talking from personal experience, that's very much a cultural thing where I'm from. And in my coaching, what I do with people is I help them to identify any obstacles, barriers, blocks, anything that they think is preventing them from living their highest quality of life. So whether that is time management issues, not being able to find enough time in the day, or the opposite, having too much time and really struggling with not knowing what to do, how mm -hmm. to prioritize that time, um, really having mental organization as well as energetic organization. And so I'll use yoga in a number of ways with people. So I'll show them either breathing strategies, otherwise known as pranayama, and the breathing strategies is like a direct connection to your energetic center. So finding that breathing style, pranayama style that helps you in whatever avenue you need, whether it is to create more energy, to create balance, to calm yourself down. Um, there's even one to cool your body temperature down. It's really amazing how many things are in pranayama. Um, meditation styles, and then of course the poses or the asanas. Mm. Wow, you know, like, so, you know, such a, like I feel the richness of your practice or of your offering to the clients or people that come, individuals that come to you. And there's so much that you can actually help them connect what they have been disconnected, as you said, and be able to pause and refill that cup. And, and that is a practice like some that is a practice that needs to be done on a regular basis because I hear a lot of people that they think if they do it once a week, that's they're done, you know, that 
that it is a practice that needs to be done every day. Absolutely. And one of the most profound meditation instructors, um, gurus of the era, if you will, um, and I do not pronounce his name correctly, so I apologize, Thich Nhat Hanh, I believe, that somebody asked him, um, how often do you meditate? Do you meditate every day? And he said, I meditate every moment. Mm. And that comes from extreme discipline that he has found a way to make every moment a living, breathing meditation. And that, that can sound so daunting that we think, Oh my gosh, how can I do that right now in my hectic, busy lifestyle? But you really give yourself more, you should give yourself more credit because we have the ability to pause our thinking, even in the midst of chaos. So I'll tell people, find a room that's busy. Find the room that you know you're going to be stressed in and sit down, close your eyes, take five deep breaths and notice what happens to your energy. Notice what happens to your mind. And just starting very slow, very small and feeling that instant change. I think that is the most rewarding that that's like a little snowball effect that happens. Mm. So maybe you're going from just sitting for two minutes a day or 30 seconds a day to all of a sudden you're able to find a 15 minute spot where you are able to clear your mind and better prepare your day. And yoga doesn't just mean the poses. Yoga can mean the breathing. It can mean the meditation. It can mean devotion to your practice in general. So I think knowing that it doesn't have to be like a sequence of certain poses every single day, like an hour and a half, I think that makes it more accessible as well. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much for, for this. And I want to, you know, inform the audience or like, could you share with us where people can find you and share uh, and connect with you to share, um, you know, to get your support? Yes, I am on Instagram a lot. I love Instagram. It's where I mm -hmm. hang out. I am Emily Goodwin Yoga, one word. And then I'm also on my website, which is emilygoodwin.net. And right now I have this free guide to restoring your energy in the middle of the day. It's called your midday energy reset guide. Mm -hmm. So if you sign up um, for my list, then that is what you will receive. And I send out freebies. I like to create lists. I like to create guides for people all the time. Um, it's kind of my avenue of um, creativity, if you will. So that's a way that you can find me. And I do offer one-on-one -on -one sessions with people as well as workshops. So I do at least one workshop a month and you can see my most recent up-to-date information on my website. Great, great. And I'll make sure, Emily, to have this all on the website, the link for you for this episode. So before we sign off, and uh, it's always a pleasure to really chat with you, just a beautiful energy and such a, a richness, uh, like you create a space of like, what's the word? I think it's richness and I feel the need to be present to every single word you're saying here. Oh, so thank I, you so much. So I really would like to um, end our 
uh, our episode today and ask you this question, kind of like the signature question of for the podcast. What does living in alignment mean to you? Living in alignment for me is being able to experience that moment of stillness, to feel that I am no longer resisting the flow of my energy, but that I'm able to float along my day just like it would as effortlessly as possible. So it's the opposite of feeling that tension that arises from my responsibilities, my roles, my endless to-do list. It's being able to conquer those things while feeling that I am still in control of my energy. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. Uh, it's such a pleasure again to have you with us and I appreciate all your knowledge and sharing and talk to you soon. so much for listening to today's episode if you've got something interesting to share tag us in a post on instagram or comment below we'd love to hear about your takeaways i'd be grateful if you head up to itunes and give us a rating also who do you know can benefit from today's episode Wait forward share the link thanks for listening this is Rada khalifi signing off